0: Events and I was always the woman in the panel. Like I'm saying, the woman because you know, a lot of time they invited me to talk because they had to take the diversity uh, numbers. You know, at the events, um, actually I had nothing to do with the topic where they invited to me to talk. But you know, I looked very nice and um, on the stage, and um, you know, they asked me to talk. So. I went to events, I went to drinks, I was always the only one, so I felt like an alien, and um, I had more and more challenges, you know. For example, if I ran out of a tampon at an event, I, I had no one to talk to and ask one, you know. And um, of, of any other woman-related challenges, I had nowhere to go to, you know. So after I just recognized, okay, I want to call like, the woman in the industry, it's, not, it's impossible, there is no more, you know, than me, and, um, and I kick-started this, this event series where I invite female leaders to talk about diversity their career path. Um, I, think, I think it's crucial, we, we, are all, we are all supporting this initiative, not just female, but also the male colleague of us because today we make the change, we create the industry, if we don't create it well it's gonna end up something what we don't really want to be a part of. We're creating products today which women and men are gonna use if you don't listen to to men and women perspective together about those products you ignore half of the world because half of the world is gonna be a user of females. So you must get them on board employ them you must listen their thoughts about the product and this is why this initiative kick-started so I would like to introduce the speakers of today we have two speakers here with me and maybe I start with them and after the two colleagues of mine dialed in through zoom so maybe first Marta uh, if I pronounce it by your name sorry not Uh, from Flying Basket who is the head of Airworthiness and also flight safety, I think. Yes. Yeah, flight safety management. So, so is Marta, me. if you I, could I introduce yourself, right, please, and
1: is, share with I'm working in Flying Basket, it's a low transport uh, drone, cargo drone, you can say yes. And uh, we are in Italy, I'm the head of unworthiness that is practically the focal point with the different authorities, with the ASA or with the national one. Uh, because we are operating in several countries and member states in Europe. And frankly, I uh, manage uh, the design verification, not alone for sure, with my team. <laughs> um, uh, design verification, the certification process. Also, uh, I'm co-leading uh, with uh, another company that is uh, also known. Is Wind uh, Copper. In Europe, that is a, a standard development um, office um sorry an the is uh, a standard development organization your guy to try to obtain means of compliance for the this design verification process and to comply with the requirements and uh, that's all it's like my and also like safety manager we manage sorry also these key important uh, things uh, to avoid and in a proactive way, try to avoid accident and serious incident in the industry. That is also so important to share between all of us, the uh, learned to avoid uh, this, uh, but that it is occurring in the future. So thank you. Thank you, thank you, Marta. Uh, so we
0: also have here with me, Marta Toya Castro, if I pronounce it again well, the name. Um, yeah. <laughs> she works for, for the, Hens, um, the Netherlands Aerospace Center, and she's an R&D engineer, so hi Martha.
2: Hi, thanks for having me. Um, yes, so I work for the Royal Netherlands Aerospace Center. It's a, the Netherlands Aerospace Research Institute, and we do research, development, test, and evaluation. And we work with everything related to aerospace, so it's aviation, drones, space, space as well. And in, the, in NLR, what I do is um, drone topics. So I work on UTM and ATM integration, topics of use space, urban air mobility, and especially sustainability uh, of urban and mobility and public acceptance of drones.
0: Thanks, Marta. So on the call, I also have here um, Mar- Anna Marie, um, who is the CEO of Pilgrim Technology from France.
3: So thanks Anna-Marie for dialing in, if you could maybe introduce yourself quickly. I'm sorry not to be there, but it was not possible for me to to take a flight today. But I thank you so much to to organize this meeting. Uh, actually, uh, I performed thing uh, 10 years ago. Uh, this company is, uh, is a response to a need in the industry. Uh, and, um, the, the company is born from the meeting of two words, uh, the one of innovation, mine, uh, and RFP and, uh, and the meaning of a project manager in the industry. Actually, we are specialists and leading plan- inspection. Uh, we work for a control agency and very big company uh, in oil and gas uh, and nuclear plant, for example. Uh, and uh, in this company, I'm the, the president uh, and uh, in charge of the R&D department and robotic project management.
0: Thank you, Anna Marie. Uh, we also have Paige Miller here, from UPS Fly Forward, dialing in from America. So hi, Paige.
4: Hi, Esther. First of all, I just want to thank you uh, and your team for having me today. I'm excited to be part of the panel highlighting the drone ecosystem's most powerful women. I'm Paige Miller. I'm an engineering supervisor at UPS Fly Forward. I started at UPS Fly Forward in June of 2019. We're located in Louisville, Kentucky. Um, So I was a little bit far away and due to the COVID policy, I'm sorry, I can't be with you guys today. Um, But UPS Flight Forward was established to pursue the integration of uncrewed aircraft systems technologies. We were the first to receive an FAA Part 135 air carrier certificate um, to operate a drone airline. So part of my job is uh, as a project lead for large UAS strategy and acquisitions as a part of the research, development, testing and evaluation team. RDT&E for short and so you know we're working to integrate the best and breed technologies to shape regulations and, and find ways to integrate UAS to deliver our goods to our customers faster at a lower cost sounds
3: fantastic
0: thank you Paige for dialing in and uh, thanks for adopting to our time zone as well so i would like to start with a really aggressive question and and you know I, I did check some analytics number before uh, we, we, we created this panel Thames and I found it out on the internet that in a top 500 fortune company CEOs uh, only a really low number of them female um, so, uh, why I'm telling that because the top 500 companies basically decides the economy and and they 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 uh, they um, influence regulations, not only drones, you know, now I'm talking generally. So if any tip, how many percent is the female sales of the top 500 uh, companies in the world? Um, I'm not sure if anyone to give a tip or you want, I tell you. Yeah, I can see you have a tip there from (laughs) Evie. I'm saying, do we want (laughs) to (laughs) know? So I tell you, 15% from five, so from a top 500 companies only, Forty-one leader is female, which is really really shocking, I think. Uh, which means that less than fifteen percent is in decision-making roles. And uh, it made me think after I went further, I checked what about in aviation and technology, and I found the number that only three percent of young professional females considering career in aviation and technology. So three percent anyone there in front of us and say hey I want to be that that's cool and and that person does a lot of things So here in the audience people does a lot of things I'm just wondering maybe I can ask Martha you first what was your career path how you get there and why did you
2: decide you know to to consider a career in aviation and drones yeah so in my case I think it was kind of um, family thing because my dad was really into aviation and we really, um, we traveled a lot so I was always interested in that and that's how I got into it and I did my my uh, my studies it was aviation economics and my masters was transport and environmental economics so there you don't have that much of uh, like um, extreme uh, numbers of so like so few women and a lot of men it was more like half-half but I did experience when I was uh, in internships or now working that we are really underrepresented. So in my case, I was just like, I didn't even think about, okay, is there are there women out there doing this? But I do understand the importance of having a role model. And I was just talking about it with my colleagues before we were talking about uh, this, this session. And one of my colleagues is going to the elementary school of, their, of his kids every now and then to give talks about what he does and aviation and kind of things, which is super nice because you're getting kids interested in, in the topic. But again, uh, he's a role model for maybe uh, young kids that identifies men, but not for women. So it's also important to have every like different role models so that people can identify with, uh, with you and see that, like you said, is something that I could also do, because if you don't see it, maybe you're like, yeah, maybe maybe this is not for me, but having somebody that you can see yourself in, uh, doing that, I think it's already, it would already help a lot in, in improving this, yeah. Totally, thank you. So you,
0: I, I was just wondering, Marta, if I can get to you, you know, what's your thoughts about these role models? Do you have a role model or, 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 do you, why did you choose a career in aviation, you know, because your path is very technical so when you finish high school and you apply to be an engineer, who pushed you or, or what was what was behind?
1: It's a very good question. In my case I have no role, uh, no inspiration in this case. Um, but it's true that I really like it: the math, the physics. Um, it's true that I grew up uh, with my in my family always the diversity and my grandma is a dressmaker. She always said to me that oh if I were uh, born in this era in this century I want to be electrician, but I could not because I was a female. So I always catch up this idea. Uh, one day I look in the sky and said I'm always fascinated. Okay, I look any device and said. Is working. What is the performance? Now I have this curiosity, and one day I decided to look to the sky, and one plane was flying there, and said, "Wow, how a plane could you know fly on the sky?" And then I decided and chose engineering. When I returned to my home and said to my mom that I want to study aerospace engineering. She said to me, are you sure? Because this is a real male war today still. And you will really fight and demonstrate your capabilities if you won't really be in, in a high position. And then said, hey, you always encourage me in my life to always change the things. So if this is a reason I'm a really rebel girl, I have a rebel spirit, and then this is the reason that we need to go there and then change the trends. And then, this is the reason I did it. Say <laughs> uh, so the,
0: the other story what I wanted to share with you is that I'm in a board of multiple associations. One of them is the Swiss Drone Industry Association. I'm based in Switzerland. Eh? And there is no woman. So I raised to my board members, hey, why am I always the only woman in the board? Let's see. And they said, there are no women in Switzerland who works on drones. so I, I couldn't believe again in that. and um, and I, I, I had a chat and they are really nice and they really wanted to, to have women. so it's nothing bad against of them. you know it's not someone they were not like, hey we, we want only males. We were looking for females but we couldn't find them. So their, their, their reaction was hey we wanted to hire, we put out the advertisement no female supplied, what can we do, you know, end of the day, we close the advertisement, we hired the man, and all good. And I'm like, okay, um, but you know, it's not possible, like this the story ends. So I'm just wondering Paige, because you work for a giant organization, UPS, right? And um, probably uh, at your organization is different. I heard you have diversity initiatives and and I'm just wondering how is your team looks like and, and if you want to share your background uh, as a female, you know, project lead um, about
4: Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I am very fortunate to be a part of UPS Flight Forward and UPS in general. Um, you know, 33% of UPS's C-suite are women. Um, but. Coming up through my technical training, I definitely did not see that same representation. When I graduated from high school, I was very unaware of the UAS industry, but was fascinated by flight. I started taking flight lessons at a local airport, I fell in love with it. The passion drove me deeper to look at all the opportunities within the industry, and UAS quickly um, came on my radar, and I was convinced it would be the future of aviation. Through my technical training, oftentimes I was the only female in my class, um, or one of two. I eventually was able to obtain my Part 107, my private pilot's license, and became a certified operator um, and flight crew chief on Textron aerosol platform. Again, women were very underrepresented in that class, but um, you know, I, I think I think as we start to see more women under the field, that they will continue to have an impact and, and drive more women. Field. I, I just think a lot of people don't know about it, um, like I didn't know. So that that experience uh, led me to be a good fit for UPS BY Forward, where I started by evaluating opportunities for network expansion and transition to the research, development, testing, and evaluations team. Um, and now I've, I'm in charge of a large UAS strategy and acquisitions. So my team is diverse you know i've got two other females on my small team and within ups flight forward we had an all-female flight crew um and and we're starting to see women really and ups flight forward is attracting women to the urs industry
0: thank you Paige. so we, we understand that giant companies attract women because you know they have a lot of initiatives and they do a lot but what can a small company a startup do Anna Marie, because you are a CEO of, of, of a drone manufacturer startup. So, what can you do when you are hiring? How can you look for females, or or what can you do as a CEO to to not just talk about diversity but take action as well? You know, um, yes, please. Uh, okay,
3: uh, you know, uh, I always work in a of uh, so it never bothered me. Uh, I was raised right with two brothers, and it never made uh, nothing to feel in me different from them. Uh, uh, I think that's the, the my right way to do uh, in my opinion. Uh, just uh, look at the skills. Uh, uh, and uh, actually, we are uh, twenty of us in, in my company in Hong Kong. But it's because um, it's, it's really hard to find uh, to find a female engineer in, in, in France, and it's really hard. Uh, they are not so so many. Uh, to try to promote uh, the position of women and show that we can build uh, a story, just like men, in the field of innovation and science. Thank you, Anna marie So,
0: I think the connection is really bad at Anna maries side. Let's face it truth. So, if I want to summarize, your message is to reach out to associations, do the effort, and, and take the further steps as a CEO. To, to not just be okay with the fact people don't apply, you know? If you put up an advertisement as CEO, you can take actions, you can hand down people on LinkedIn, reach out, you know, and make the extra effort. Um, if we talk about always engineering, huh? but you know, I have eight people in my company, one of them is only engineer, too. The others are not engineers and why I'm telling that because the industry is so much more than only engineers, you know, we need business professionals, we need marketing communication people, we need um, sales, we need we need everything, every single position to develop this industry. Like, if I have a fantastic product, but I don't know how to marketing it or communicate about it, no one ever going to buy it, you know. If I have a fantastic product, but I don't know how to sell it, no one ever going to buy it. And women are really, really strong in that. If if there is a different background, women, coming from not even technology, food or any other industry, but they have a really good skill set, I think this is the other action what we should take. And, and somehow encourage people to be brave to change industry. So maybe Marta, what would you suggest to people who are not initially have engineering background, but have different backgrounds um, to, to join to
1: this industry? Well, I think this, this is important to no? have a diverse team. So sometimes I think because maybe they are afraid about technology because also you, uh, you are uh, uh, developing other kind of career path and uh, they are afraid just like wow this is engineering this is so technical because also when you fail the product you at least need to have a background and maybe they don't feel um, comfortable with this one or did has the, the imposter syndrome <laughs> that i'm not capable so i encourage all of them to avoid to have this feeling and really come and see, uh, it's very interesting wall. so really, really encourage to know more about it uh, and try it. This is the most important thing always in the life, no? Try the things and then, if you don't like it, then reject. But don't, from the beginning, say, oh, I'm not capable to do it. And this is so difficult, I have no background, I have no idea what is it, because it's new. It's new for all of us, for engineers, for other kind of career, economics, uh, sales, manager, marketing, so there is a new world, so this is a good opportunity to build the pillars, so please come and join us because this adventure is very very nice and between all of us for sure we will uh, achieve the goal. Exactly, so we're creating the
0: industry now, so I don't know more about drones, than most of you, and, and I could have my own startup and I'm a CEO and directing eight people, you know. And uh, I came from Telecom, for example, I did work for telecommunication companies, a project manager, like 10 years. Uh, and I just one day had enough and I, I was like, hey, uh, I'm to set up my own startup and I see the potential in it. So, Martha, I see you knocking here near me. So, what what's your thought about, uh,
2: about this? Yeah, I mean to follow up on what Marta said I think um, it doesn't really matter if you are uh, what background do you have there's economic sales uh uh, legal whatever engineering as well you really need to you have a different set of uh skills that are very important to bring into the drone world and like you said before all of it all, all the like the whole circle of the skills is what makes the, the industry work. So I think the important stuff is that you are not afraid of um, coming into a job and learning, because everybody everybody needs to learn from the beginning. And it's just um, trying to go on with the job as it goes, and then it's okay. But it's really important to have the different skills uh, in your team to have a very diverse. Uh, Thank you. So
0: uh, we just left, left a little bit the drone topic. So let me go back, you know, because end of the day it's a drone conference. So I'm just wondering, Paige, uh, what UPS does currently? What's what your hottest project? You know, we, we all know UPS very well. Uh, but I don't know too much about what do you do exactly, you know. So um, if you can just summarize a little bit uh, the latest drone initiatives of UPS.
4: Yeah, for sure. So, like I said, UPS Flight 4 was established in 2019 um, with the goal of becoming a drone airline to, to start delivering packages with these new technologies. We're working very hard to integrate the best technologies from small UAS, like the MatterNet M2 that operates in our network today, to large UAS. You may have seen our recent partnership with Beta Technologies. Um, they're kind of a large thousand pound payload plus aircraft that will start out manned in the beginning and eventually transition to autonomy and remotely operated. And everything in between. So we're trying to smoothly integrate all these systems into our network and ultimately into the national airspace system. We are currently operating the Marinette M2 in a couple of ways. One is on a hospital and campus network. So UAS offered delivery of time and temperature sensitive specialty infusion medicines, lab specimens, and medical equipment um, and this ultimately increases the efficiency of the hospital supply chain. So in to, in addition to these campus networks, we're also, we also flew the first COVID-19 vaccine uh, via drone in the U.S. utilizing new cold chain solutions developed specifically for drones. And additionally, we offer prescription delivery um, to a large retirement community in southeastern United States from a CVS pharmacy. Ultimately, the drug revolution is young, but UPS is working hard to integrate all these different UAS systems into the network to make it more efficient and, and increase the customer experience. It sounds really fascinating,
0: subscribing uh, drone delivery. That's, that's what I want to subscribe for. you know. Currently, I'm subscribed to deliver my toothpaste every month, uh, but not for drone delivery. So, if I if I want to get back um, a little bit, I know Marta, you do a lot of research as well.
2: So, what what's the hottest topic about research? Uh, I mean, if you I don't know if you follow what some of the of the talks that we had here these these three days of the Amsterdam Drone Week but uh, definitely there's a lot on uh, public acceptance. That's really important to one of the biggest topics at the moment because we have all the, all the technological parts of uh, the use case system of the drones. The technology is there, but what we need to do is also learn how to implement it in, in society and implement it in a way that is accepted by everyone. So that's, I think, one of the hottest topics at the moment. and. Some, one topic that I think it's starting to uh, also come up a lot in urban air mobility and in drones is sustainability as well, because this is also something that I do a lot in at uh, NLR. Um, we kind of assume that drones are uh, are going to be sustainable because they're running on electricity, but we also need to look at it from the whole life cycle assessment. So it has to be something that is energy efficient and that the uh, technology itself, the, the materials are also circular. So it has to be yeah, circularity, also in mobility. And I think that's something also really important at the moment. Fantastic,
0: thank you. And uh, what flying basket does currently? So what's the hottest? At your side.
1: Uh. Okay, uh, in our case, uh, as I explained it before, we are a cargo drone uh, US operator, but also US manufacturer, so we have one drone that you can see over there. Uh, in this case, it's a cargo drone that could carry up to 100 kilos, so this is a wide variety of applications. Uh, the idea comes uh, from the, the co-founder, the two brothers, uh, Mohorde. And the idea is to not justify it, but also complement some uh, application that a cargo, external cargo uh, loads in helicopters. So in this case, we are, um, uh, for example, installation of 5G antennas, or support in the power line builds or to repair in case that they need to. Uh, transport a, a huge lot like a transformator or to uh, support uh, also air turbine fuel uh, new energies uh, energies renewable, or also logistic you know, as we did last uh, december in turin in urban area so this is the part that's a
0: really unique capability and anna marie um, if you can hear me, um, my question is that what Pilgrim technology does currently was the hottest in the French market. And, um, and you know, I know you are also in a French association of, of drones. So if, if anything uh, interesting happening there as well in the French market.
3: So, uh, I hope you can hear me correctly. Um, um, the of piglin technology is quite different than the rest of the, the French market. Uh, probably my part, uh, my drones uh, carrying a sensor, uh, up to 20 kilograms of pill uh, to carry out you know, a measurement of that infrastructure. Uh, and uh, it's, it's a big part of the, the future of the French market, was for me is very good, the future of French market. Uh, that's the, the very hot topics here, actually. And uh, in the, in, the uh, to develop the, the, how to say that, uh, the, uh, oh, sorry, I forget the word. Uh, to uh, all the work uh, uh, that is made in the different uh, worlds, you know, to to fix the the the, 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 the whole confounding legislation and regulation uh, in, in the second very hot topics here in France, because actually we yeah, have uh, solutions, and uh, it's not long to, to use it. So that's the two big, uh, big parts of French markets. Um, last kilometer delivery and, uh, and uh, fix the, the legislation um, hold um, still in place in, in Thank you, Anna-Marie. Um, I think i, I, I
0: going to have one more question. After maybe the audience will ask about about anything, basically. Uh, We have a hostess here um, who can bring you the microphone, and if you want to ask anything about diversity or anything about being a female or or our career path, or please just be very brutally honest. I I just mentioned I had issues with my campus, so anything what you want to ask, please do feel free. Um, The last question of mine before the Q&A is that, any challenges uh, for you being a female in the, in the industry? I have million stories, I have multiple challenges, but uh, maybe if I can ask Paige if you see any challenges um, or you, do you have any life stories where it was positive or negative you were, you were a female in the industry?
4: the hardest piece was probably just the representation for me you know I grew up in a family that was not aviation related so kind of breaking into the mold of of aviation and engineering and underrepresented and and being confident in yourself knowing you know you're a little bit different than everyone in the room or um, you know sometimes you have a different perception being female but being able to to kind of step up and and be confident in yourself and and uh, trust that you know you're working as hard as everyone else in the room and not not always look at yourself as different but you know look look at yourself as, as capable um you know I, I think that's kind of been the biggest challenge just being a little bit underrepresented uh, underrepresented but being willing to kind of uh step up and, and not be afraid to be a little bit different i love the
0: page because you know i just read this um michelle obama book if you haven't read it please do and she said when her husband became the president, they had a dinner and everyone came to the table and she was like, oh my God, everyone gonna be smarter than me. I am no one here. I'm just a wife of Barack, you know, uh, wow. And she sat down and she recognized in 10 minutes, she's basically smarter than half of them. <laughs> and uh, she became Michelle Obama really quick. And uh, she created, you know, a lot of initiative and, and, uh, and overcame a lot of, um, this action, What she set up for her own self, and I think we all do that. So maybe, maybe Marta, if you have any any challenges, what
2: you want to share with the audience? Um, I think I, I agree with Päijän that the underrepresentation is something that really uh, sticks with you. Um, I think my my challenge when I started working at, at NLR was that i there's also like we're growing and every day there's more women in our company but at the beginning two and a half years ago there wasn't a lot of them and i was uh i was 24 uh, was my first job and i had to deal uh, with projects and being the project lead with uh, people that were 50 years old and at the beginning it just felt weird because I, I thought okay i'm 24 just out of the university and i'm telling this person that is uh, way more experienced than me, what to do, that does, doesn't make sense, but um, like Paige said, you just have to be confident and they're giving you this responsibility because you are able to do it and it's just uh, kind of having this confidence in yourself and that you have the background and that you have the, the skills to, to go forward and with that you, you can conquer it.
0: Totally. And if you don't have the skills, that's not a problem because I did not have any skills running a company. I didn't know anything about finances. I didn't know anything about marketing. And now we have a booth in the corner and we are the official media partner for the event. And I never seen a marketing presentation in my life before, you know. So I think the message, if you don't have the skills, you can pick it up pretty quick, you know. There are a million free resources out there. There are a million people who are happy to give you free advice. You come, you talk to them, and, hey, I want to learn about that. Okay, great, I'm going to tell you, let's have a coffee, you know. And and I think that's what we also, a lot of time mistaken as a woman. We think if we don't know something, that's it, end of the story. But it's never end of the story, you know. I'm not sure, Marta, what's your thought about that?
1: Wow, well, yes. Drake took the first question or the second one? <laughs> <laughs> both. Both, both. Well, uh, related to some stories for sure all of us have stories i think uh when you move uh, in this international environment uh, where in my case i'm aerospace engineer so sometimes i'm alone like yesterday in NASA, the, the only woman or uh, in several uh, meetings and for sure in my case my background also was in defense so you know that defense military role is still more than civil and commercial uh, male uh, wars. So yes, I have a lot of uh, stories and a lot of challenge behind. uh, When I was mother, I have two daughters. And when I want to come back and manage, we can say that the mother wall and also professional is a challenge. But sometimes when I I thought several times, OK, why I'm doing here, why I'm uh, 2,000 kilometers from from my daughter's. I said, no, I want to change, I'm the only female here. And I want to really change this rate. And uh, this needs to become more normal. So I could have a long story, <laughs> but I don't want to remind this kind of stories.
0: <laughs> I, think, I think I would be the happiest if this panel wouldn't be exist. You know, there would be no topic about female empowerment. I wouldn't want to be in the stage here. I wouldn't want to create this initiative and putting hours and hours from my life in it. I think this topic that's supposed to exist, we're supposed to just work, you know. But unfortunately, it's a problem. So, any question from the audience? Um, I would love to. Yes, yes, there from um, from the corner.
4: Yes, it shoot, shoot. Hi, Um, so I'm right now in a leadership position at a student initiative. We also build drones and I think I'm in a very, very lucky position because all the guys are really supportive and encouraging, which I see a lot in younger generations. But I've also been in a lot of situations with um, older generations that have been in the industry for a while and sometimes um, I'm sure everybody's felt this. Um, you were not taken seriously. And I was just wondering um, how you guys deal with this. I'm sure you've experienced it. Um, what is a good and respectful way to deal with it and not just have to put up with it?
0: Oh, I love this question. I am gonna have a lot of story on that, but maybe Martha first because if you may maybe you are the youngest between us, I'm not sure, but I think this question is a fantastic question.
2: Yeah, I've, I've been in that situation before I <laughs> I understand it. Um, I think it, it always depends on the situation and the person, these kind of things, but at a certain point, like I said before, you have to be confident of yourself and that you are capable of doing that, and just put your foot down and respectively, respectfully said, uh, OK, this is uh, my opinion. Uh, I think in this situation, uh, I'm just gonna be the same like I'm equal to you and just don't be aggressive but simply just put your foot down say what you want to say uh, in a polite and respectful way and it should be fine and yeah if it continues then we need to have a conversation with this person <laughs> but otherwise uh, just be direct uh,
4: and it should be okay maybe
2: Paige any thought on that
4: I, I totally agree with Marta, you know, I think, um I think being direct and, and having conversations with people one-on-one too, if, if you ever feel a little slighted or, you know, your opinion might not be heard, might not be heard, you know, you can sit down with someone and have a conversation about it. But for the most part, I, I think, you know, continuing to be, you know, respectful and, and, you know, assertive is, is the best way to, to approach the situation. And, you know, I've seen the same as well. have been in a lot of similar situations and, you know, 25 now and I, UPS is, a, is an older company. And, you know, a lot, of, a lot of the people I work with, you know, I'm coming from that place of a lot of experience versus me being young and, and also a female. So um, it, it definitely can be a tough situation to approach, but I think situation by situation, as Marta said, is, is the best way.
0: I was 32 when I didn't get a position as a director because they said I'm too young to be a director they said to me they said to me that uh, you cannot have enough experience for this position with your age they said to me that and um, I was so pissed I, and I cried uh, I cried a lot And uh, but I figured I out if they don't give it to you you made it for your own. Company. And I think that's my other advice. A lot of time life is unfair and not if you are a female or male or young or old. They discriminate old people as well. Huh? They discriminate everyone, you know, not just young. And uh, But if they don't give it to you, you create it to your own self. I think that's that's the other advice. Um, but I have, I, I saw there another question in the corner in, in a lady. Yes.
5: Uh, maybe. Thank you. The question is actually for Marta. Uh, Which one? Oh. <laughs> um, I love the story about how your grandmother inspired you. Um, I have a grandmother who also was a pattern maker. And when you think of what job a pattern maker does, you need to be very technical. You have to have special um, recognition. You need to be able to see what the designer has put on paper and visualize that in 2D and put it out at a machine can and design. And so a lot of women in the past didn't get an opportunity to be the brilliant engineers that they could have been today. Um, but I was triggered also by what you said about imposter syndrome. A lot of women, um, especially when you're older than, than 20, and I, I speak under kind of correction to the young ones, maybe you also have this, but a lot of them have imposter syndrome because we tend to be preconditioned, not only by our, our family and our upbringing, but also the world around us not seeing other women in positions of power or in positions of technological uh, expertise at a a high level. So how did you cope with not having imposter syndrome an obstacle in your path in uh, further progress? Uh, um, Well,
1: if I explain a little bit my background, I come from a big company. In this case, I come from Airbus. Airbus has a strong culture to try to promote the diverse. And in this case, uh, we have, still they have, because I'm flying basket, um, a, a woman network to, to try to promote and inspire with coaching bill from people, from women that also have leadership um, a position. And I think for me it was uh, crucial because when I was there, I also belong to the, an association that is called Ellas alto in Spanish, that is they female uh, fly high. And thanks to this uh, woman that today most of them are between 50 60 I mean the elder ones uh, encouraged me to avoid these kind of things that they always coach me uh, and said to me hey, uh, when you think that you are not capable of doing things and you have not the skill of an old um, position or, you feel no, I cannot because I am only comply with the 60% of the requirement of this job application, of this position. Don't do it this way. Just look in the mirror when you wake up. You are capable to do, you believe in you, you have the skill, go ahead and fight whatever you want. Although they said no, phone again and try it. If you have not, look for what you need and continue doing and keep you dream so i think this is crucial it's true that i have no inspiration in the past when i choose my career but when i started my professional career i have woman that inspire me and really coach and mentor me and i think this is crucial
0: I have a very, very interesting topic, what about men? You know, we talk about diversity, and what I totally would like to avoid that women talk about diversity between each other, you know, I hate that because it's not diverse as well, right? So I can see here in the audience, a lot of men joining, which I love, and thanks for being here, because I think there is a lot to do from the men's side as well. Um, And one story and after, I would like to ask your thoughts about it. you know, I had this, this difficulties in the industry, and after I met with my with my partner, who is also in the industry, maybe you know Lorenzo Morzilli, and um, and and I went home and I was so pissed, and I said to him, "It's a game happened with me. I cannot believe. What do I do wrong?" Uh, and you know, I was just keep complaining, and I'm like, and he, he turned to me and he's like, "I was not aware of that. You have this problem." You know, we used to work together before, he knew me like five years before and he's like, Wow, you're really dealing with this problem every day. You go home and you have this thought after the meeting. I thought that was a fantastic meeting. I was in the same meeting, I didn't even realize you have this problem. And and I understood I think man, not because they are ignorant. He loved me, he loves me. It's just they don't see because they are not in the shoes of a woman, so they will not able to understand. It's not because they are good or bad. It's just i not understand how 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 another person would think. I'm not understand how men think, you know. So I think it's super important to talk about these topics. And then uh, and and uh, and after we talked, he, he basically was one of the biggest supporter of these series And he goes out, he recruits really a joy works for us in, in, uh, in the company. And, and I'm just wondering, do you have um, the same
2: discussion at your? Uh, yeah, Marta's, you know so maybe you, you have some similar experience. Yeah, so um, at NLR, at, at my company, we have a diversity team. And in this diversity team, we are, uh, I think half of us are women, we're like three women in and diversity. then three men as well. So the conversation isn't going to completely agree that this conversation is not only for women but for everyone because it should be something that uh yeah, like you just said before it shouldn't exist the conversation but since it exists it should be something that we address together um and we are dealing with it all together as a group but then also um when i'm talking with my with my colleagues with my male colleagues um about all the situation that happened in a meeting or uh, this discussion with uh, somebody, or these kind of things, and I see that sometimes they're not aware of that happening. And also maybe because they, you're the, first, the, the person that is experiencing, experiencing it, so you're the one that uh, knows exactly what happened, but also seeing it from the other side, I think sometimes they don't get it. But as, as soon as you talk about it, and they are aware of it, then most people are very supportive. So I think one important thing to do is when something happens or if you have a problem or if you're feeling insecure about something, you just like, you don't have to keep it to yourself. You just have to um, discuss it with your colleagues and with your friends as you would with anything else. And that will keep the conversation going and will also make everybody aware of what is the situation also, if they see that happening to somebody else or to you again when they're in the room, then they can act because they're aware that that's a problem. So I think it's important to talk about it so that we can uh, move forward from that. I cannot
0: agree more. I think awareness is the most important part of the page. Any 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 thoughts on that? I, I'm sure you know, you're know attending a lot of meetings, international level, you provide as
4: well, a lot. Yeah, I, I think, kind of to Martha's point um, about kind of having mentors, I, I don't think males should be afraid. You know, I, I've had some great male mentors come, come alongside me and support me through my, my process and journey. Um, even to UPS Flight Forward when I was in college, I had a, a UPS airline pilot who was also a professor. Um, really kind of take me under his wing. Um, he tied me into some other female aviators. And I just, I don't think, you know, males should be afraid just the way that Martha had that that great leadership group at Airbus, you know, to also um, support women in those type of roles of development. And totally. And, and, you know, we
0: women, I'm not sure how you feel, but we tend to be strong. I'm running up, doing this panel, I'm running to the corner, and you know, I didn't sit all day, I breastfeed again, you know, and I run up and down, and I keep saying, I'm okay with it, I can do it, I'm super strong, and I don't think so, that's right, I think we tend to do that as a woman, we always swallow everything, we always deal with everything, we always problem solve everything, and we're not, we should talk about our problems, we should say, hey, I need help. I need help with this and this and this. Maybe can you cover me in this panel? Can you cover me there? Can you maybe, I don't know, take care of my baby until I'm doing something? So I think we should ask help, and that's what we don't do as women. When we have a problem, we keep it inside and uh, and just, you know, try to solve it. I'm not sure if you have Martha Knox again here near me. I'm not sure in the audience we do the same. You keep it inside and you solve it, solve it, solve it, solve it. Yeah, because I definitely
2: do it. I do that too much. (laughs) So here in the audience, my my colleague Hank is there. Uh, We work together a lot, and he knows that I always say yes to everything. And yeah, I'm, I'm trying to get rid of that attitude. So I'm always going to try to help as much as possible, but then you also need to learn to delegate and to say no to still learning to the left, I'm, I'm trying, but it's definitely something that I'm um,
5: trying to do more. Men is
0: better in that, I think you know, we have advantages disadvantages, but I think men better, better in saying, no better in saying,
1: delegate. Oh, I'm, I'm looking for my CEO that is there, and this is a male, <laughs> and I think it's a male and do like a woman, you know, never knows that need to delegate and take Everything, everything, everything. So I'm not always, uh, i almost like with you, but not only women <laughs> do it this way. Also, some men also do the same.
0: <laughs> Any questions from the audience? The closing remarks? Okay, if not, I think it was a fantastic discussion. Um, it's an event series and uh, it's, it's free of charge, it's a voluntary event series. So please come to me if you want to speak, and next time on the stage we will be at uh, ATM Congress and after commercial So we will be everywhere around the, uh, the world. So if you are interested, come to me, talk to me, and we would love to see you. Thank you so much for our speakers. Anna Marie from Green Technology Page Builder from UPS, uh, Martha from Flying Basket, and Marta